everybody, welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hutink, back with Christian Conway. I believe the Force was with us this past weekend. Yes, it really was. The Galaxy got their 2-0 much-needed win uh, at home against Atlanta United. Um, you know, it could have been Cabral's match, but Jovalich had to steal the show. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what what a phenomenal performance. And if, if anything, it was Brugman's match as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but I mean, but that first half, right? Like, this is what this team can be. And I think they did a very good job, especially in that first half, of limiting space and limiting opportunity. And I think that's something that the Galaxy in the second half didn't do necessarily that great of a job of in terms of allowing Atlanta to get back into the match. Atlanta also made some substitutions and some changes that allowed, you know, Arujo and uh, Cisneros to to really find the game but man I mean they were just they, they didn't give Atlanta a moment in that first half and of course you can't keep up that intensity for 90 minutes that's just a pace that cannot be kept but I mean just how electric were they in that first half I mean every single time they were headed downhill you really thought they could score goals I mean I'm looking at the expected goals uh race which is uh, a chart that basically looks at every shot in a match and then times out the uh calculated ex- expected goals for that game at that moment. And I mean, we get to the 45th minute, we get to the, I mean, even the the ninth minute and the 10th minute, and it's a vertical line. I mean, normally that doesn't happen. So I think they, they, they took their opportunity. So on that first half plateaued a little bit in the second uh, Atlanta, obviously chasing the game on the road, but I mean, for 45 to 60 minutes, I'd say they were absolutely imperious. Yeah. Um, you know, at the beginning, Vanny said, that things should be changed now, you know, and I think it was, and of course this is us making inferences that, you know, it was referring to William's comments and I'm really glad that, that the team did seem to bring it together. And like you said, Brugman really seemed to be the, the key that they needed in, in the midfield. I mean, yeah, definitely. What, what a debut. And I didn't expect him to go the full 90 minutes because I know he, he isn't exactly ready, right? Like he just got here. Um, but yeah, he he really put the galaxy on the defense. The whole defense on the night actually was was pretty solid. I mean, you know, there there weren't too many times where I really was worried. I mean, it's the usual set pieces that the galaxy just need to mark. And, you know, sure, the galaxy, like you said, the force was with us because there were a couple of times where um if bond wasn't as good as he is, or, you know, our defense wasn't awake, um, that night, I think that sure. Some, some, there could have been more dangerous, um, shots even. Um, I, I just, I'm hesitating because it, you know, I'm also thinking of the, the referee, you know, we, we try not to harp too much on that because, you know, that's just part of MLS and, the galaxy have to be better, you know, on the day and not blame the ref in any kind of way. You know, we always say like no excuses, but man, those, those calls really were, there were actually no calls often like, enough, you know? <laughs> I mean, there were, there was two stone cold penalties on the same passage of play. I mean, there's anyone who looks at that passage of play. Those are two penalties. Chicharito gets cleared out with his back to goal like that's going to be a penalty that's you know at least reviewable and then um i can't remember who was the outlet he also gets cleared out that's a penalty you know like so 
But the Galaxy, what they did so expediently well in Atlanta in the first half, especially the second half, they kind of faded out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. they, but that's the thing the Galaxy do this year, which is they fade out of games a little bit. Um, was I mean, the the ball movement and especially the fact that I think the Galaxy have been so successful when they stay tight in the midfield, when it's Delgado and whoever he's paired with and Ryan all working together in these very tight, limited spaces. And that allows the wingers and the wingbacks to get a little bit more expansive. It's, it's kind of, if you watch today, England versus Sweden and the women's Euros, how Sweden kept collapsing centrally to allow the outside backs and the outside wingers to start pulling uh, the opposition defense apart. Didn't work out, but you know, it happens. Uh, but they did it so well. And I think we saw a lot of times why they brought in Brugman. And I will fully admit, I called this. Um, <laughs> but there was that passage of play where Delgado gets burnt. And then Brugman just makes this very easy tackle. That is a very difficult tackle looking back on it. But he just does this quick skill check, wins it with his back foot, and is immediately going downhill. And then all of a sudden, the Galaxy are flying downhill. And Atlanta's leveraged in a poor position. And so... You know, Atlanta tried to acquiesce with acquiesce to this and, and and looking at the player position map, you know, by going very central, going very narrow. But the Galaxy were able to, in those quick moments of uh, interplay between those three, kind of move through that and then get into the attacking third. And I think this is actually a good thing because I think it frees up Ryan Revolution to play his more natural forward position in the sense of maybe Revolution is the 10 we were looking for, but he couldn't really play that because of the way that the team is currently settled in the midfield and then you know using Douglas Costa who tucked in a little bit more to then ping off and then find you know Cabral Chicharito in the second half you know the likes of Jovalich and 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 so forth it just looked a little bit more quick it looked quicker and it looked a lot more like okay hey this is how we get into the attacking third where I think you and I have talked about this a lot where we really felt the galaxy didn't move the ball fast enough and especially Mm -hmm. in that first half they were moving the ball like efficiently, expeditiously, and it made them so good. And yeah, I mean, it, it's one game. And a one-game sample size is never anything to go off of. And yeah, Vanny alluded to the fact that they're maybe looking at one or two more acquisitions. Unfortunately, that will not be Luis Suarez. Uh, he would come in January, and I, I doubt that's going to happen in general. We were talking about that in the group chat today. But Brugman, it looks like it just let... Mark feel a little bit more assured and a little bit more able to head things off at the pass. And I think that's a really, really important thing here because a lot of the goals the Galaxy have conceded this year are teams passing through them. And it's felt to me like Delgado has always been a little bit too cautious in terms of being aggressive, in terms of uh, denying the point of distribution. And with Brugman behind him and then Ryan as that free roving 8-10 hybrid, I think it makes a lot of difference in terms of how this midfield is shaped. Yeah, and uh, Zavaleta got the start. Um, Gasper started. And, you know, at, f- at first I had my criticism of, of Gasper, but um, you could you could actually see, like you said, that first half, that first half overall, they were playing like a team and everything was, was clicking and, and working. Um, but even after they had gotten their subs in, you know, some, you know, you could hear the cries of people are like, Oh, Vasquez, he's not quick enough. And, you know, you could tell the galaxy were probably or Vanny was okay with, you know, holding that one zero lead, um, and, and just trying to finish out the game. But, um, you know, 
Grand Seer came in and um, Kulabali came in and, and luckily those subs didn't mess us up like they'd done, um, you know, in recent matches. And like we're saying, yeah, this one match is not, you know, gonna necessarily change what's been going on, but these are the good things that we're seeing that we want to be seeing as Galaxy fans. And, you know, when you've seen this team struggle and they got the win, they got the win. And at the end of the day, we're always saying like, you know, an inch or a mile, or if it's messy or whatever, just win. And this is what the Galaxy needed to do. And, you know, going ahead, they've got a lot of Western teams. Um, you're lucky to still be holding seventh place right now, just above the playoff line. Of course, you want to have your team play stronger and you want to know that they're going to win the next two matches at least. Um, and and I think that this Galaxy team is trying to show that they are willing to do it. You know, Efrain Alvarez, too, when he, when he came in, um, for Chicharito, you know, there's a lot of talk of like, okay, Yovel should get the start. And, you know, you know, can we keep running Chicharito the way that we want and, and, and everything, but you know, it, again, it just depends. We know what kind of players that we have on the team. And if you can get them the ball, right. Um, even, even Cabral on, on the day, you know, you, I'm still rooting for him. Obviously, I understand everybody's frustrations. And, you know, he he was able to to score off of the rebound. And then after that, it kind of he continues to just, I don't know, just lack confidence or something and just isn't able to to keep consistently as as strong as we need him to be. But I think the the whole point is, is like, you know, Chicharito is the type of player that when he's up there, you feed him type of balls and he's got the passion. And, and if, you know, you're, you got a midfield and, and a, uh, the, a midfield that's creating and a defense that's solid. I think that these are the things that we can keep moving forward with this team. Yeah. And I agree that I think after the goal that you are uh, that Chicharito, excuse me, that Cabral scored, he did fade out of the game a little bit. This, this, this could have been Cabral's game, right? This could have been the moment where it all clicks and all of a sudden, yeah. we're talking about a 10-goal Cabral through the second half of the season, or the, I guess the last third of the season now. And everything's great and wonderful and, and happy-go-lucky. There was moments, I would say, but it didn't really come off uh, as, as well as maybe it should have. I thought Douglas Costa was also fantastic in this game, even mm -hmm. if he didn't score. Um, but again, with Douglas Costa and Cabral, the expectations are different because of the contracts they're on. Now... When I how I fall on the Chicharito versus Day on starting debut or uh, debate, uh, again to pull it to the women's zeros, uh, Serena Vegman talked about how start or not starting Alicia Russo, who's probably been England's best player, uh, in in that tournament, is is not necessarily a a dig at her, but more saying I like having this option when it's the sixty fifth minute, seventieth minute, and I need to find a result. I think that's the way Dan's being used right now. Uh, I, I'm of the opinion that he probably should be starting, but I'd also kind of support Vanny in the sense that looking at how everything shaped out against Atlanta, Chicharito occupies a certain level of gravity towards opposing defenses that allows the galaxy to then be a little bit more expansive because everyone's got to be worried about where Chicharito is. Because as we've talked about on this podcast multiple times, what Chicharito is so good at is that off the back shoulder run that now center backs have to be very aware of Okay, I have to constantly be, you know, kind of 
in this minefield, I have to know where the mine is, right? And so I think that that adds a certain gravity that I think is, is really beneficial to the galaxy. Uh, I think the balance is still not entirely there. Uh, you know, Koshta, again, looks a little bit like he doesn't understand when his teammates are making certain runs. That's understandable. That's predictable. That's not necessarily a, a, a product of him not being involved. It's more the question of, hey, he's not playing with these guys a lot, you know? And, and Vinny seems to really like him and, and seems to really connect with him. So I think there's, there's possibility there. We just haven't seen it yet. Cabral, I think this goal is going to help a lot. Obviously, it's an easy goal for him to score. I think if you put anyone in the podcast brain trust there, we're probably putting it in the back of the net. I'm I'm hoping. Uh, but again, just it was those moments of incisiveness. And, and to your point about Gasper, A, it's really awesome that we have, you know, a backup for Raheem Edwards. That's Raheem Edwards' starting job. I agree with you on like I think we are on all agreement on that. But the fact of the matter is Raheem Edwards has put a lot of mileage on his body. And I think that's why everyone keeps saying like, oh, well, why does Gasper start? Well, Vanny said it himself. He's come out and said, look, Raheem Edwards is exhausted. <laughs> you know, he's played a lot of soccer for us and he's played a lot of very intense soccer for us. So I'm glad that, you know, they have that option when Raheem is, you know, in these moments where just his body can't handle the, the stress load. And I can guarantee you with the stress load he's putting, I mean, it, it's hard for any player. I, I'm more than okay with him saying, hey, look, Coach, I need a rest. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to even rotate our guys, period. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I saw that lineup, I was like, okay, this isn't just a squad rotation. This is actually some young blood that we can actually get. This isn't this, isn't this what we called for and at I'm, some I'm, point? You know, I'm, this is what I'm, we asked for. I'm intrigued to see how Zavaleta continues because I know he's been dealing with some injuries and has been dealing with the back line that has Derek Williams and Sega Koulibaly, who I think undoubtedly is our starting center back pairing. You know, if we were an MLS cup tomorrow and they were both healthy, they're both starting like that, I think is, is pretty obvious. Um, but I think Zavaleta handled the, the occasion. Well, mm -hmm. Derek Williams and his distribution was fantastic in this game. And I think that really makes the galaxy, what the galaxy are when they're good. Uh, they need a little bit more of that. I, I, I think Brugman and how this continues is going to be very interesting to watch. I remember I hypothesized on this podcast and I said, maybe the three, five, two is the, is the movement forward for this team. But I saw the four, three, three last night. And I was thinking to myself or not last night on Sunday night. It feels like Monday. I know. I, okay. I, I was thinking like, maybe this is what it is. Like maybe this is where we need to go. And yeah, you know, Jovlich misses out on starting a couple games, but the, the gravity with which Chicharito pulls opposition defenders because he's still Chicharito. Like, He's in a bad. He could have scored that Cabral. What Cabral ended up cleaning up. Yeah. yeah. And he probably should have had a penalty too. Uh, mm -hmm. And and maybe he's not in the best of moments right now. And, and that's the thing about strikers is they run hot and cold and you know yada yada yada. We've been here. We've talked about this before. This concept, mm -hmm. but this this balance. We've talked a lot about balance this year. I think that's something that we've really harped on this podcast. And I really wish every year we do a bingo card of like what the year was on our pod <laughs> in terms of, <laughs> of of conversational topics. But it's always felt that that midfield was really unbalanced, that Delgado would have to be something that he's not, that they needed another, you know, kind of piece in the midfield. And we really hypothesized a lot in this podcast about what it was supposed to be. And I think Brugman just adds that little bit of defensive stability while also adding a little bit of incisiveness that makes teams think. And so I almost think, you know, the 4-3-3 is the option here where it's 
you have Brugman and Delgado in this double pivot, you know, uh, deep line midfield position. And then you have Ryan as this free roving shuttler slash number 10. And that allows Cabral and Del- or Delgado, excuse me, and uh, Costa to come in and find the game where they need to. But it allows Chicharito to stay goal high, which I think is a very important thing in terms of gravity. I think this just, it, it looks better. And when they switched over to the 4-2-3-1, when they brought in Efrain, when they brought in Vasquez, it just, th- that you could tell that loss of balance occurred. And then Atlanta has a couple of very good chances. Thankfully, Dayon saves us in the 90th minute. I mean, what a finish. That was an incredible. And, and that was really all him. Like, well, I mean, yes, Vasquez gave him the pass, but I mean, that was all Jovalich. I almost was worried that they were going to call it back and say that it was offside, but he's very much onside. Well, he, I thought he was going to take two extra touches, let the defender come across him, and then he was going to try and find a ball centrally. No, he was just like, all right, cool, taking this. Um, <laughs> he's one of the most lethal finishers I've ever seen. I mean, I'm starting to get Robbie Keane feel about it where it's just you put them in the box it's going in the back of the net thank you very much you know head back to the touchline <laughs> you know um yeah it just it, that first half the balance was so there and that's something we've been looking for and and especially it was reticent to me that the galaxy again for the first time in a season have been in games where they go three nil three nil down at half time and that's the first time it's happened since i believe 2002 or something like that and it's already happened four times this season. So I think that first half, considering what happened against San Jose, what happened against LAFC, what happened in Colorado, there was a certain tension in the stadium about like, well, you know, if, if things start to go a little south, the boobirds are going to be out. It's going to be a little, you know, kind of intense. And they just handled it really well. I mean, they, they handled the occasion really well. And I think, you know, obviously the players know what, what, the fan base is feeling right. You know, obviously they're not in the Facebook groups and you know, they, they say they're not on Twitter. They definitely are. Everyone's got a burner account nowadays. <laughs> um, so they've definitely read the conversations that are occurring. And I, and I, I think I hypothesized to Jamie and uh, I, I wish I had said it in, in our, our group chat. Group chat. <laughs> if the galaxy went one nil down in that half, things could have gotten bad really fast. That was my opinion that, the crowd would get on them, maybe rightfully so. And the crowd was kind of punchy, I'd say, uh, in the sense that, you know, there was a ton of clan out banners. It was very much a tense atmosphere. But the Galaxy handled it and kind of got everyone on side a little bit. In the 90th minute, it was this release of emotion. And, and I got absolutely soaked while I was in brigade with beer and water and whatever, vodka or whatever everyone else was drinking. Because <laughs> that's what I hope it was. Um <laughs> And it just felt like this tension release of, oh, wait, this is what this team can be. And I think this could be a very good data point moving forward. And again, I said earlier in this podcast, I'll contradict myself just a little bit, uh, that one game is not something you should build an entire season around. But considering the performances, it just felt like an exorcism of the stress that is around this club right now. Yeah, and I definitely brought or increase because we always maintain optimism as much as we can on, on this pod, but it, it really did bring back that optimism. I mean, I heard Christian's voice have that excitement again. Um, even though he's been the one that's been the most optimistic of all of us. Um, but, but, you know, looking ahead at, at Dallas now, you know, I'm more confident in this team. I'm more confident in, um, the individuals, on this team to be able to come together and, and play as a team. Um, I, I feel like Vanny has a better handle now on 
what he needs to do. Um, even though, yeah, sure, there are some things that were out of his control, you know, based on others' uh, personal agendas. But it seems to me like they, they, like you said, they cleared that up a bit. Yeah, and and again, as we always stress, and anyone who says they're privy to any discussions that are going on in that locker room, they're wrong. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. And, and again, we're not privy to the discussions in the locker room. But again, the team talked a lot in the week leading into that game about how we fixed the problems. We, we talked, it's all about us now. It's, it's not about individuals. It's about us. Uh, you know, there's, there's definitely still some, some individual cases. I think part of that is it's a world cup year and some players are looking at, Hey, you know, maybe I can make the squad. And I think the one player that that's probably the most obvious about is Dan Jovlich, right? Because Serbia, you know, Mitrovic is a good goal scorer. I don't think he's that good at the international level and Dayon would be looking at this and saying, hmm, you know what, maybe I have a case here. I think he does. I will say that, you know, Chicharito has, you know, quietly, you know, has talked about how he doesn't think he's ever going to get called back into Mexico, but, you know, he's probably thinking he might at least have a shout. I think the way that they handled that game was so impressive in the sense of one nil up and there was an attack in like the 70th minute, I want to say. And I just looked at it, and, and Lannis coming downhill. Arojujo and, and Cisneros are just flying down. Joseph Martinez, as dangerous. I mean, he's not the same since the ACL injury, and that's understandable. Most players never come back from an ACL the same player. He's flying down into the box. I'm thinking, all right, you know what? I've seen this goal given up about five times this year. 1-1. We get out of here a 1-1 draw. Pretty good result. You know, it's going to be disappointing. Yeah, but at least we got a point out of the game. And they just stand up in a resolute defense. And yeah, at times it was scramble defending, but it looks like everyone was really bought in to the concept of we're not going to let this happen. And I think it's really fascinating because there was, who was it that made the comment earlier this season that they put too much pressure on themselves at home, that they play freer on the road because it's not in front of a fan base that is this incredibly demanding. This was the first time, I think ever since maybe Bruce Arena, where they just went out there. Well, I mean, there was a couple of games in in, in the Shiloto and um, Siggy years where they just put on a show. But this was the first time I've seen them this gritty at home. And yeah, the first half against LAFC, but then they were a little bit, you know, lax in that second half. And LAFC just basically was profligate in front of goal. You know, the Open Cup game, yeah, but it wasn't really necessarily a gritty performance. It was an elegant performance. This was gritty. I mean, they really fought hard to, to see this through. And I think when we get into this point of the season, those kind of just grit and drive and, you know, win every second ball, win everything, you know, like don't let them get to, you know, 27 clearances, you know, bond excellent goal for three times, you know, win every tackle that matters, especially at this point in the season when we have 13 games left, because that starts to build and starts to cascade. And yeah, they're going to Dallas. If they're going to play a tough Dallas team. I mean, Dallas is always a tough place to plan fantastic Academy. But again, if they turn in a performance like that, I like their chances. Yeah. And I mean, I know these Texas teams are are tough and everything. Um, like you said, especially playing over there, but you know, the West is so tight and I mean, the galaxy can definitely, like you said, they've got to have that grit. They've got to just keep coming at them. They've got to capitalize on their chances. They got to take advantage of set pieces. Um, you know, I can't tell you like, you know, the stats, right? Like galaxy have possession. They have like 10 corners, 
everything points and says that they should be up and they should be up solid, you know, um, um, I'm not going to worry too much in case the galaxy go down, uh, a goal in the first half, but definitely not, not more than that. I would like to see the galaxy, you know, get two goals in the first half, you know, (laughs) I think, I think this Dallas game is interesting because it points to a, a topic I've kind of felt is a very interesting byline of this, of the season so far, which is that, you know, obviously Atlanta came to play. You know, they they came to be expansive, came to hold possession, came to, you know, be aggressive in the in the attacking third, you know, win balls through the midfield, feed Arujo and, and Cisneros and, and use them to great effect. And Dallas doesn't do that. Dallas is not that this year. Dallas is a team that is very focused on defensive solidity, that isn't really necessarily focused on being expansive. They're more than okay with pitching a nil-nil drop. Um, they're five, three, and three at home. They're more than happy to just, you know, shut up shop when they're a goal, a goal up or, you know, basically make it hard for you to operate in space. That's going to be where the Galaxy has struggled this year. If you look at all the losses, the bad losses the Galaxy have taken this year, it's against teams that allow the Galaxy to play the game towards them. That's what Dallas is going to let the Galaxy do, which is basically play the game towards them, which is have possession, have opportunities. I think previously that was a, difficulty for the galaxy simply because a they were dealing with a couple of injuries b they were so disjointed through the midfield that whenever the ball turned over you know the the opposition team would be running at the galaxy goal with speed and with numbers and the galaxy would then kind of shine to this shell where they'd have to move the ball slowly in order to kind of compensate for that defensive fear i don't think they have that right now because brugman obviously has been a, a relevation i think if they can I agree with you. If they can force Dallas out of their shell, you know, two first half goals or an early goal, take the sting out of that atmosphere, which doesn't really exist because it's in, you know, Arlington, Texas or wherever, Frisco, Texas, excuse me, and people don't go to Dallas games, you know, then then they've got something to talk about. Then they've got some energy and they're good on the road. I mean, there's there's no question about that. I mean, you know, three wins on the road is nothing to take a shake at or shake a stick at. I mean, you know, they're one of the only other teams that have better road records are Nashville, but they played most of the first season on the road or their the first half of the season on the road. And then it's like Minnesota, Austin and LAFC or the top three teams in the conference right now, they have a chance here and an opportunity. And I think if they can get three points in Dallas, a from a global standpoint, you know, obviously that helps us with the playoff line. Cause I think Portland might have a yeah. pretty good chance to win this week. And it also pushes us over Nashville and Dallas themselves. Uh, and and B, I think it really can solidify some confidence because I remember, you know, remember last season, remember what we talked about, that 19 game or 19, nine game skid. Sorry, my, my English is not working today. Uh, that nine game skid in the middle of the summer where they didn't arrest it. And it felt like for me when they lost to Colorado, I was like, oh God, I've seen this before. You know, we're going to get to decision day. We're going to be, mm-hmm. you know, we need three points or we need a point and, you know, I don't know. Or we need some other team to lose. Yeah, Vancouver's probably gonna, Portland at this point. Right? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to lose to a Houston team that's got nothing to play for. And Vancouver's going to score in the last minute or something like that. Um, but it just feels like they've arrested that slide just a little bit. And I'm hoping that when we, when we go to Dallas this weekend, uh, you know, even with, the friendly against uh america on the third which thanks god i'm not going to um they just they they have a chance to arrest that slide and avoid what happened last summer and i think if we get to a point where you know we're 
you know, we're, we're, 12, we're 13 games out. That's so if we get to a point where we're maybe like four games out and the galaxy are safely in fourth or third, I'm going to feel really good about that. And I think they have an ability right now in this moment to ensure that happens. Yeah. And um, I hope that you're fine. You're finding a really fun and cool place to watch the game. Um, Emphasis on a watch party. (laughs) Emphasis on cool. It's been hot. It's been hot. Uh, I mean, I know, you know, I've definitely served tables in in hotter weather, but today kind of got to me. I was hanging out in Pasadena. Um, By the way. Yeah. So quickly. Yeah, I, I know you weren't at the game, but did you see the new fire effects that are on the berm? Yeah, I did actually. I noticed that, um, that was... and, and that's another thing I was going to say. the The turnout looked really good. It seemed like there were a lot of fans there, even despite all the the stuff that's been going on. Um, you know, with the low morale and uh, with a lot of ticket movement. <laughs> yeah, I was I was actually very surprised at how many people showed up, and I think yeah. that's that's a sign. I mean, the fan base has never been this engaged or hasn't been this engaged in a long time and it's engaged for kind of all the wrong reasons which is to say that everyone wants to protest chris klein you know everyone kind of almost wanted to watch the galaxy lose so they could vent their frustrations sure and then yeah and then be able to yeah exactly like which i wouldn't have begrudged i would have understood the yeah fact, the galaxy yeah. handled that moment that well was was very impressive the fire the the fire uh effects notwithstanding although i will say it was funny because i would i uh I got in a little late, so I was I was running behind. So I grabbed the water, and then I'm walking, and I feel like heat on my shoulder. And I was like, "What? What is that?" And I look up, and it's the lineup announcement. There's like fire coming off the berm. I was like, "Is that supposed to? Is that supposed to do that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did notice that. Um, yeah, so it, it was very very uh, relieving that the Galaxy were able to to get the win because yeah, I, I root for this team. Of course, I do. Um, but I understand also why everybody is is frustrated. And and look, even if Klein were to go out tomorrow, it's not like that's going to solve all the problems either. So no, I mean um, we're dealing yeah. with we're dealing with six systemic stuff that has existed for a very yes. long time, and that's yes. and that's why I'm I'm happy Vanny's a part of this organization because he's dealt with that before in Toronto. So yeah, I, I, I again I don't think Vanny's the problem here. I think yeah, it, it, it rests higher above him and. I, I was talking, I can't remember who I was talking to, but someone asked me, you know, if Chris Klein is fired, would you fire Vanny? And I said, of course not. Mm-mm. But I would understand if Vanny got fired because it's kind of like in hockey when a new GM comes into a role, they fire everyone. Everyone loses their job because they want to work with the people that they know. And so if we get a new president of soccer operations, which hopefully we will at the end of this year, mm-hmm. I almost feel that Vanny's going to go just simply because he might not be the new person's guy, you know? So I, I hope that's not the case. I think Vinny's done a good of job course. so far, but I could understand <laughs> yeah. it happening. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like it's a little early to have these conversations, but I understand why we're having them. I mean, as you're saying this, I mean, pulling out client could, could be very well, like, a like playing Jenga, you know, you're just pulling out these pieces and it's like, okay, but now where are you going to put them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? So, uh, yeah, really appreciate you guys listening as always, and we'll be back. Well, I'm so a little thing I'm having a wisdom tooth surgery. And so hopefully by next week, I'll be all healed up and ready to come back and record. <laughs> Otherwise the inmates will run the asylum and it'll probably be Jamie and myself, uh, magazine update, please. <laughs> uh, yes, it should be coming out. We are polishing. It's being polished right now. 
it's like it's like a nice car that you take to get detailed so we were almost there we promise it's yes, awesome yes, i am yes literally on pins and needles ready to read everything um yeah i mean we're only gonna release yeah the best for you so that's why it's taking so long we really want to polish it up yeah I, i am so excited um as always find us on your podcast app give us five stars tell your friends about us we love you um yeah that's all i got yeah thank you so much talk, talk to, to you soon stay tuned talk to you soon